because the Lord said you're going to make it. Amen. I'm so thankful that we have the opportunity to come together again in a different format. Certainly nothing that we're accustomed to, but so grateful that we have this medium of staying connected. Thank the praise team for the great worship this morning and for the presence of the Lord that is here in this place. If you were at church today, I would tell you to turn to somebody and high five them. So at home, turn to somebody and high five them. Tell them it's great to be alive and well today. Amen. This new paradigm that we are living in. I am thankful for the blessings of the Lord and certainly grateful for all that God is doing. And we're grateful for the great work that's being done by so many different people. You never realize how many people that you're dependent on until crisis of this nature comes and then you find out how valuable your church family is. I don't know about you, but I certainly miss being together with our family and I do believe that it's going to be soon. We're gonna be able to do that again. But until then, uh, we thank you for staying connected. I, um, I have struggled today to uh, bring what I feel in my spirit and the stirring that has been with me all week long. You know, I realized before I start today that there's the distinct possibility that I'm going to offend somebody. I think that's the privilege that every preacher has every time he steps in the pulpit. Somebody's going to misunderstand. Somebody may even misquote. And I risk being misunderstood or even being misquoted because I feel so strongly what the Lord has laid in my spirit. Some people may call me an alarmist. But if I understand correctly, I think that's what a watchman on the wall is supposed to be. He is not supposed to tell you what you want to hear, but tell you what he sees. And I certainly would pray that God would help me do that. If you would turn in your Bibles, I'm not going to read from there now, but turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 2. Um, I'm going to use this as a foundation for our message today. 
But before we do, I want us to pray together. And if you're with your family, join hands and uh, lay your hand upon one another and let's pray together. Father, we love you today and we are grateful again that we have this opportunity that you have given us this day. This is the day that you have made and we will rejoice in it. Lord, no matter what that day may be, we are going to rejoice in this day. For you have been good and you have kept your hand upon us. And we are grateful for that, Lord. We are thankful for your mercies that are new every morning. I pray that you will give a special anointing today. And get let your word penetrate our spirit and our hearts. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You can be seated if you're standing in honor of the word of the Lord that we normally read at this time. This pandemic that we are struggling with today has rocked our world and life has changed for us in ways that we could not have even imagined. Our nation that was so strong economically is tottering on the brink of life support this morning. The markets of the world are in turmoil and people, people are fearful to even venture outside. And if you do happen to venture outside, what you see is foreign. You see people with masks and gloves and staying a certain distance away. And it has been an eye opener for me. It has been a soul-searching moment in my own life. What I have sensed is that there is something beneath the surface of what we see visibly. There is a spirit that doesn't want us to recover. I don't mean to sound negative by that, and I certainly don't want to depress you, but I do want to awaken you to what else is going on in this world other than what we see with our natural eye. We have come to a place where we have become so dependent on certain things that if we do not have them, we panic. And we have seen much of that over the last few weeks as people have hoarded up uh, everything from toiletries to meats and supplies. And I don't know where we're going to put them all because certainly you couldn't use all the toilet paper some of these people might have stored away. But after listening to all of the happenings in the news and going out into the community on different occasions and listening to the reports, I realize that something is happening in our world. A dam has been broken and it's not just a disease that we are dealing with. There is a spirit at work in our midst even now that has seized this moment and it has taken away from people's lives the security which they have cherished so dearly. And it has unleashed in our world a new kind of fear. One that will no doubt trouble this world until the end of time. Because we no longer feel safe. We no longer feel safe. 
I have sensed something subtle happening in the midst of all of this. Slipping into our midst without an alarm and without a sound. It is this becoming more and more dependent on man. On what man can do for us. We hang on their words. We devour their coverage. I heard recently that the news channels, their ratings are at the highest they have ever been in the history of their news department because people are devouring all that is being put out there. But the question that has come to my mind and my spirit this week has been, when will we ever feel safe again? When will we ever feel safe again? It has made me do some soul searching and it has caused me to look a little more closely and deeply into my own life and to reevaluate my thinking. What am I depending on for my sense of safety this morning? Am I waiting for the CDC to give me clearance? Is that when I'm going to feel safe again? Am I waiting on the president to announce tomorrow morning that it's okay to return to normal and then suddenly that sense of security is going to come back in my life? Who am I looking for for my safekeeping? Who am I depending on for my security? The Lord took me to a portion of scripture in Isaiah that I have not read from often, but when I went back to it this week, it stirred my spirit. And I want you to go there with me because I want to read and it's the whole chapter, verse 1 through verse 22. But I want to begin reading at uh, the first verse and I'm reading from the New Century Version so it may be a little different than your translation, King James or whatever it is. But it gives the essence of what the scripture is saying. It begins like this. It says, Isaiah, son of Amos, saw this message about Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain on which the Lord's temple stands will become the most important of all mountains. It will be raised above the hills and the people from all nations will come streaming to it. Many nations will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. Then God will teach us his ways and we will obey his teaching. His teachings will go out from Jerusalem. The message of the Lord will go out from Jerusalem. He will settle arguments among the nations and will make decisions for Many nations. Then they will make their swords into plowshares and their spears into hooks for trimming trees. Nations will no longer light, fight over nations and nor will they train for war anymore. Come family of Jacob and let us follow the way of the Lord. And then there is a pause because that's what's coming. That's the prophetic word that is coming. But now God takes them back to where they are presently living. 
and shows them why their world has become so broken and dysfunctional. Verse five, verse six said, the Lord said, you have left your people, the family of Jacob, because they have become filled with wrong ideas from people. They try to tell the future like the Philistines and they have completely accepted their foreign ideas. Their land has been filled with silver and gold that there are great many treasures there. Their land has been filled with horses. There are many chariots there. Their land is full of idols. The people worship these idols they made with their own hands and shaped with their own fingers. People will not be proud any longer, but will bow down with shame. God, do not forgive them. Go into the caves of the cliffs, dig holes and hide in the ground for the anger of the Lord and from his great power. Proud people will be made humble and they will bow low with shame. At that time, only the Lord will still be praised. The Lord, all-powerful, has a certain day planned when he will punish the proud and those who brag and they will no longer be important. He will bring down the tall cedar trees from Lebanon and the great oak trees of Bashan, all the tall mountains and the high hills and every tall tower and every high strong wall all the trading ships and the beautiful ships. At that time, proud people will be made humble and they will bow low with shame. At that time, only the Lord will be praised, but all the idols will be gone and people will run to caves in the rocky cliffs and will dig holes and hide in the ground from the anger of the Lord and his great power when he stands to shake the earth. At that time, people will throw away their gold and silver idols, which they made for themselves to worship. They will throw them away to the bats and moles. Then the people will hide in caves and cracks in the rocks from the anger of the Lord and his great power when he stands to shake the earth. And then he says something that is supposed to shake them and change their attitude and their spirit. He said, you should stop trusting in people to save you because people are only human. They aren't able to help you. You should stop trusting in people to save you because people are only human and they cannot save you. The message that God spoke so clearly to me was that Isaiah saw in his own people is that they had replaced God with man and they had turned their allegiance and their loyalties and their faithfulness from God to man. They had moved from being God-led and God-dependent and God-worshippers to man-led and man-impressed and man-worshippers. And so God shows the prophet what was going to happen to them and their house of cards. 
And he said to Isaiah, a reckoning day is coming. What is interesting is that God noted the things about them that are so similar to the world in which we now live. The first thing he noted was all of their wealth and all of their military might and all of their bureaucracy that was going on was going to be taken away from them. It was going to be useless and ineffective. If you have not been awake lately, let me catch you up on current trend. We are presently fighting an enemy right now that has neutralized our military. It has shut down our government and it has brought our bureaucracy to a standstill in debating and arguing about what could be done and there's not enough money in the world to save us from what we're dealing with right now. Not only that, but he said, you have filled your land with idols, worshiping everything imaginable, anything that man could elevate. And now those idols have been brought down and all of this was going to be stripped away from them. Everything that had become attached to them, everything they had been dependent on, all of the things that they had been in love with and could not live without was going to vanish. And he concludes the conversation with Isaiah by saying, cease ye from man. Man cannot save you. When man is given the place that only God can fill, then we are going to be greatly disappointed. And if there's anything this hour needs to be doing to you as a child of God, it should be awakening you. It should be awakening your spirit to the reality. That the only thing I can really trust to keep me is the hand of the almighty God. We're going to learn sooner or later that the best that men can do is the best that we can see. And it's not enough. It's not enough. They may, now that may sound like cynicism to you, but really it's a fact. I realize that there are certain senses in life when we have to trust people. I understand that. I realize that a marriage would be nothing without trust and business would be nothing without trust. And we couldn't trust a doctor to give us the right diagnosis. I understand that. It would be impossible to live a life in this world without a degree of trust in our fellow man. But the danger is this. It comes when we trust man to do what only God can do. And in this critical moment, I'm not waiting for the CDC to declare me all right. I'm not waiting for the president to declare something over my life. I am standing under the canopy of God's word. And I am saying that God is my shield. And God is my protector. And God is my watcher. He is the one who looks out for my soul and keeps me every hour of every day. Amen. Amen. Who or what is keeping me safe right now? Is it the news? Is it the mask that we're wearing? Is it the gloves that we're putting on? Is it the hand sanitizer that we're using? Is it the soap that we wash with? This is not about masks and gloves and hand sanitizers. But really it's about what we have put our trust in. Anything 
that displaces God as my sufficiency will fail. Anything that takes the place of God as my source will go down. If my affections are tied to anything other than him, I will be disappointed. If I have put my love in any other place than in him, I will be disappointed. It is certain to disappoint. I'm going to obey the laws of the land, but I'm also going to trust in the Lord to see me through. My answer is not going to come from the CDC. I am not going to wake up tomorrow morning and feel safe again because the president declared it clear. I'm going to wake up in the morning and feel safe because I'm in the hands of the almighty God. That I am in the hands of the one who created me and the one that made me and the one who will keep me. My answer, my peace, my joy, my safety, my My life is in his hands today. And that's where it must stay. Amen. I feel compelled to tell you today. You need to get your eyes off of man. You need to get your eyes off of what man can do for you. Because man cannot save you. Amen. Man cannot save you. We must get our eyes back on what we need to be following. And that is the Lord of glory. We need to get back to letting him be the Lord of our life. We have used that phrase in our prayer statement every service since the beginning of this year. We have talked about the Lord of the house and the Lord of our life. Well, we're finding out right now whether or not that's really the case. Because if he is the Lord of my life, I'm going to wash my hands, but I'm going to walk out knowing I'm safe not because I wash my hand, but because I've got a hand over my life that's going to keep me and going to guide me and going to help me. And he is going to give me peace in the midst of all of this chaos and trouble. Where is my safety found? I'm going to tell you where it's found and I'm going to close with some scripture. We're going to take a journey. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse number 5 down through verse number 10. Thus saith the Lord, cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert and shall not see when good cometh but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land and not inhabited. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh but her leaves shall be green and shall not be careful in in the year of drought and neither shall cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things. The heart will tell you that you're not going to make it. The heart will tell you you better listen to what the news is saying. It's desperately wicked but the Lord is the 
one who searches the heart and he tries the rain even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Psalm chapter 121, he said, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my shade upon my right hand. The sun shall smite thee by day, shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil, and he shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth even forevermore. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by my name. Thou art mine. When thou goest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I... For I, for I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom and Ethiopia and Sheba for thee. Psalms 146, verse number 3 through 10. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. In that very day his thoughts perish. Happy, 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 happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help. Whose hope is in the Lord his God, which made heaven and earth, the sea and all that therein is, which keepeth truth forever. Amen. Which executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord looseth the prisoner. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. The Lord preserveth the stranger. The Lord receiveth the fatherless and the widow. But the way of the wicked he turneth upside down. The Lord shall reign forever, even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations. Praise ye the Lord. You know where we need to have our eyes right now? We need to have our eyes glued on the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. We need to get our eyes off of what man can or cannot do. And fix our eyes on the God who can do all things. Amen. I need to seek him. I need to ask him. I need to inquire of him. I need to trust him. I need to walk with him. I need to believe him. I need one who will never slumber. Amen. 
need one that can stay up through the midnight hours so that I can lay down and rest. I need one who upholds all things by the word of his power. If you're looking for this world to help you, I have news for you. They're not. If you're waiting on them to tell you you're safe, somebody, some voice is going to always make sure that you feel insecure. But if you'll get your ears tuned to another voice, if you can get your eyes lifted to another world, you realize that what you're seeing here is only temporal, but what you're seeing there is eternal, and the eternal is going to trump the, uh, the, the temporal. What's going on down here is only temporary. What's going on up there is eternal, and he is calling me there. He said, you're not stuck in this world for long. You may be here for a season, but the season will end and eternity will begin. Amen. Let's pray together right now. Father, I'm asking you, the God of all comfort, the God of all peace, we need you to move into our homes right now. There are people in our church that are terrified this morning. And they are, they're, they're, they're fearful of getting out. They're fearful of all that could happen. And we are recognizing the possibilities, Lord. I'm not, I'm not discounting what could happen. But I can do all those things. I can make sure I've dotted every I and crossed every T and still not find the protection that I need. But I am going forth in the name of the Lord. And I am going to live my life under the banner of your love. And I'm going to walk in the protection of your safekeeping. And know that when it's all said and done, you're the one that's going to be sitting on the throne and all the world is going to be turned to you and they're going to recognize you for who you are, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. We praise you right now, Lord. We thank you right now, Lord. We bless you right now, Lord. I pray that you would put a song in somebody's heart today, oh God. I pray that you would put joy and gladness in their soul today because you, you are my keeper. You are the answer to all of man's problems. Amen. He has been and he always will be the answer to man's problems. Praise God. I love you. I thank you today for joining us. God bless you until we can meet again. And I pray that soon it will be together as a body and not in this distanced way that we're doing right now. But let the peace of God fill your home. Make this a day of praise and worship. Let it be a day when you just find yourself singing the joys of the Lord and the praises of your King. God bless you in Jesus' name.